0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. This episode is brought to you by AFCO. Family-owned and operated, AFCO Fishing Apparel and Tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20-plus-year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com. That's A-F-T-C-O.com for on-the-water performance gear. And also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy trophy fish than ever before. And if you're interested in building a new pond or lake, give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you. If you're anywhere in the southeast, schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling one 888 830 pond or check them out on sepond.com. and also brought to you by fish bites for more than 20 years anglers everywhere have come to know one thing that nothing says no to fish bites we are the fish bites nation and this is your invitation so grab some fish bites and get busy casting because you can't join the nation without doing the catching ask for fish bites or fish club lures or visit fishbites.com What's up guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fish Report. I'm your host, Brian Sin. Hope you guys are having a great week, and uh, I hope you guys are staying in the air conditioner. You know, I'm usually the guy saying, hey, y'all get out and enjoy the great outdoors and these lakes and the waters, and <laughs> it's hard to get out there when it's as hot as it is. Man, I tell you, it's I don't know what if the earth has shifted uh, this year, but man, to have this kind of temperature in, in June is, is definitely not the norm i would say for uh, at least here in birmingham but but hey people are still going out they're still catching fish and having some great days on the water so i look forward to today's show and uh, finding out how people are catching these fish and uh, what they're using, how the fish are relating to the different things and in, in the environment. But hey, let's get started, man. Y'all don't want y'all don't listen to this to hear me. We want to hear about these people that are catching the fish. So, for segment one today we've got Brandon Watson. What's going on, Brandon? Oh, Not
1: much, buddy, man. I'm just living life and uh, trying to catch fish when I can, you know.
0: I hear you, man. Well, appreciate you joining us today, and guys, uh, if y'all missed brandon a few weeks ago brandon is a a kayak fishing man he is a tournament fisherman and um guy had the chance to to put my kayak in the water with him he liked to kill me on our first trip out paddling up (laughs) upstream against about a 15 knot current in a kayak uh make one cast and float 300 yards down and book it back up again but we had a good time didn't we
1: oh yes sir it was great and uh we got to Get those electronics set up and uh, learn about side imaging and all kinds of stuff. So it was a good excursion.
0: It was a good excursion, man. Looking forward to doing it again. I know that, hey, me and you've been talking about it, but if we're going to do it, we'll need to hurry because it may already be too late with the temperatures as warm as they are now. But I know that uh, me and you've been talking about taking these kayaks and uh, doing some noodling off of them, which would be be a fun way to noodle catfish off these kayaks. Hey, let's do it. I'm down. We need to do it, man. We need to do it. Well, hey, I I know that, you know, I was talking the other day, and, man, you had a really phenomenal day on the lake about a week ago, and, man, I'd love to just kind of talk about, you know, not only what you caught, but how you caught it, and what was really interesting to me was the way that you... We don't always have this in, in, in some of our, you know, you know, larger lakes with a lot of current. You don't have a thermocline, but in these ponds and lakes and, and, and county lakes and stuff that may not have a lot of current, thermocline absolutely plays a large factor this time of the year, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, those fish relate to that line and it makes them fairly predictable anywhere you go on any body of water, as long as there is a thermocline set up you know, it pretty much directs you right to the fish.
0: Well, talk about that first. Let's talk about what, am I right in what I said about there may not be a thermocline in some particular lakes that have a lot of current?
1: Uh, That's right. In your reservoirs and your rivers and uh, lakes where they generate power, that prevents there from being a thermocline to set up. Um, Basically, the thermocline is where the cooler, deeper water and the warmer surface water it makes a line where they don't mix and uh, you can actually see that as a return on your electronics and when you have a lot of current even if it's enough wind generated current it mixes the water up enough to where you don't get a thermocline but if you have a lake that um you know it's just got some feeder creeks coming into it and maybe a spillway or something like that uh, where they're not actually generating power and generating current then you're not going to get a thermocline to set up in a river system
0: yeah yeah no doubt and and this is something that you know that we were talking about and you just mentioned it but you can actually see this on your electronics
1: absolutely so that cooler water is more dense than the surface water so your uh the fish finder you know it your electronics it sends that ping down pretty effortlessly through that upper layer of water that's less dense and then as you get down into that cooler, denser water, starts to generate a return.
0: Yeah. And I, if, do you have any pictures of that? Did you yeah, take any I'm pictures sorry. of your electronics?
1: Oh, I, I did. And I've, I've put out some YouTube videos and uh, a couple of TikToks about uh, using those electronics for uh, the thermocline.
0: Very cool. Hey, if you don't mind, uh, send me a picture if you have a still picture of an image of the thermocline, send that to me. We'll post it on our podcast as well so people can see it. Sure. So are you using down imaging or can you see this on side scan or is this done? Di- I mean, you, you got to be using down image to see this. You can
1: see it on 2D side imaging or down imaging. I have just found that on down imaging, you get the best uh, look at, at where it is Exactly
0: very cool well and you know we have norman with southeastern pond management on here on a regular basis and and we've talked about the thermocline with him and for those of you who may have missed some of his shows where we talked about the thermocline the thing that's so important about it is you know and and you you see this and 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 norman talks about this a lot when he's talking about designing pines for people or smaller lakes for for people you know, if somebody has a piece of land, they want to put a dam up, they want to, you know, build a pond on their lake, uh, on their property, there's, you know, a lot of people are like, man, I want that 20 foot water. I want that 25 foot water. And that's good. That's okay to have that if your property's set up for it. But what people need to understand is when that thermocline occurs, there's no fish below that thermocline. The oxygen is all in the top part of that thermocline so let's say that the thermocline is set up you know it's five foot depth there's a thermocline so you got your warmer oxygenated water in that top five foot and then below that it's not even fishable so uh you know if you've got a 20 foot lake and the thermoclines at five foot there's no need to even fish below five foot have you kind of found that to be true uh
1: yes yes and no um, I believe that fish, some kinds of fish, bass, can live for a limited amount of time below the thermocline, and I think they use that as like a, uh, like we do, an air conditioner, and they hang out. They like to hang out right around that line, and they'll dip in there below it to cool off, um, but you, the thing is, is whenever the thermocline is set up, you can't see them on your electronics because the water's too dense. You can't make any fish arches out or anything but I've noticed that I've been sitting fishing still and I'll notice that fish come up out of that deeper water. But I don't think it's even worth fishing there because I, I, I believe they're inactive whenever they're below that line. And I don't think they're far below it. I think they're just right there around it, but they dip down in there, I think to cool off. And so, but you can't see them on your electronics. And, I, and, I, and like I said, I believe they're inactive when they're below that line.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating that you can't see them. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you couldn't see the fish below that. But I would agree that they're inactive when they go below the line because I think even with the bass and certain species uh, that, that may dip below the, the, the thermocline, like you said, to cool off, the bait fish that they're feeding on, they're in that highly oxygenated water above the thermocline.
1: That's absolutely right. Those, and, and you'll see most of your fish returns that you see will be right on the line like even if you're out over 30 or 40 feet of water wherever that thermocline's set up at you'll see the majority of your turns on your fish right on the line and like you said the bait fish they don't they don't go below the line they hang out above it and uh but but i think those bass they i think they can they can get down there and they can slow down you know they're not they're not down there just feeding around, swimming and stuff. They're just going to be sitting there real still, you know, conserving that oxygen that they have.
0: Yeah, that makes staying cool and comfortable. That's right. That's right. I need a thermocline myself right now. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, laughs> yeah, sir. Dude, it's hot out there.
1: It is pretty brutal.
0: It's pretty brutal. All right, so let's talk about your trip the other day and how you used your imaging and used your thermocline to have a phenomenal day.
1: So, I was fishing one of our state lakes. For those that don't know, Alabama has several state-managed lakes in different counties across the state. And uh, you can go and pay an entry to fish them. It's usually like three bucks or something to fish off the bank and another three dollars if you want to launch a boat to fish out of. So, six bucks, you can go fish all day and the lakes are managed well and but they do get thermoclines in them and i was fishing one of our lakes in particular last uh the sunday before last and the thermocline was set up at 10 feet so i kind of focused around that depth and i happened to find a main lake point that had a stump on it right at nine feet and it just turned out to be a little magical spot for me
0: yeah it sounds like it did man it sounds like that that uh that stump right at that thermocline you know like you said the nine foot right there above the thermocline was a hot spot and when one when one will, when you'd catch one another would show up pretty quick after that's exactly right um i, I think it, it was just the
1: perfect storm for that spot you know you had the thermal it was right there on the thermocline uh so it was right where the at the depth that the fish wanted to hang out it was a isolated piece of cover on a main lake piece of structure and that's just a recipe for a giant bass uh hangout And, uh, basically what was happening is one, a fish would pull up onto the stump and I could see it on my side image and I would throw it there and I would catch it. And, uh, I was actually doing an online tournament at the time. And I would, so when I would bring the fish in, I would take a picture of it on my measuring board and, you know, do all the, all my scoring. And I would, I would take the fish away from the stump and turn it loose. And then when I would go back and side scan the stump again, there would be another fish pulled up on it. And uh, they were they were pulling up out of that little bit deeper water. I couldn't see them out there because of the the water density there below the thermocline. But as soon as I would catch one off that stump, another one would just come right up on top of it.
0: And really, what what I want people to hear on this is that this wasn't a, this was not an accident. You you were you knew the depth of the thermocline. So like, all right, we know that we need to be looking at around that nine to 10 foot mark eight to 10 foot mark that's where we're probably going to be looking for some bass we know the time of year it is we know fish have moved out to these ledges so you're not randomly just looking around and happen to find this you're going to these points that you know are going down into that nine eight nine ten foot range because you know, the fish this time of year, they're going to be, they're probably going to be on ledges and you know where the thermocline. So that gives you, that gives you a very specific target to where you're looking for fish. And so that's what you did. You, you moved around, looked at these different ledges until you find structure set up at the right depth. Pretty smart move.
1: Yes, sir. And it's happened throughout my entire life fishing. And I think I it was, it wasn't until the other day that I really just, it all just came home for me on this is bass are way easier to catch in my opinion when they're set up on a piece of cover bass can be out roaming around and you can catch those fish but i feel like when a when a bass gets into feeding mode it looks for a piece of cover to hide on to ambush prey and, I'm, and maybe i'm just dumb for never putting it together like this but i've all i've noticed through the years like I can see bass swimming around even in the shallows and you can't catch them. But when the time is right and they get set up on a piece of cover and you bring your lure by that piece of cover, they're going to slam it. And, uh, and I've just really noticed that a lot lately that these fish, when you see them set up on a piece of cover, you can pretty much take it to the bank that you got them.
0: Well, you know, I had a caller on here probably, it's, it's probably been a year ago. I can't remember exactly who it was. It may have been David Allen up at Pickwick or Gunnerville. I, I'm trying to remember exactly which caller it was. It may have been him, but I'm not 100% sure. But you're exactly right. And he put it like this, and this really brought it home to me. Let's not think of this as a lake. Let's think of this as the, the savannah over in Africa. And... Let's think of that bass as a lion. That lion is not laying out there when he gets in feeding mode. I mean, if he's just sunning, he's not in the feeding mode. Maybe he's just laying out there in the middle of the Savannah, right? When he's hunting, he is not just in the wide open set up. He is looking for cover to get behind on a pathway that he knows game comes down. And he's set up in an ambush position on cover at a place where he knows, you know, whatever he's hunting for is, is going to come by. Same thing with bass. When bass gets in a feeding mode, he sets up orients to either the you know, a ledge or a stump on a ledge, some ambush point to where he knows he's, he's in, in a place where, where he can ambush prey. And, uh, that paints a really good picture of what's happening under the water, right?
1: Absolutely. And uh, I had kind of thought of that myself, you know, because I was listening to a podcast or something and somebody was talking about the predator mindset and how bass are predators. And just like you said, predators, when they're ready to eat, they're not just out letting themselves be seen by what they're hunting. You know, they're going to get over in the grass or hide behind the bush or something to jump out and attack their prey. And like you said, the bass is the same thing. And like, like even ledge fishing, like, those fish will get on a ledge, but I think you've got an even better scenario when you can find a stump or a submerged tree or grass on a ledge for those fish to hide in.
0: Absolutely. 100%. I agree with that. Well, real quick before we get into to what you caught, what does the thermocline look like? Is it? Can you explain what you're looking for on your electronics?
1: So... It basically looks like you're getting a return from the bottom, but it's not quite as strong and it just looks fuzzy. So you would have, say you're using down imaging, the clear water, the warm water would come back black on the screen, which is nothing. And then when you get to the thermocline, you're going to see this uh, grainy, fuzzy return all the way down to the bottom. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. And it's very seeable. I mean, you're going to know it when you look at it. Yep. And on 2D,
1: it doesn't show up as well on on 2D, especially if you're using like a clear mode on, like I use a hummingbird, and there's a clear mode and a max mode. If you're on clear mode, it doesn't, you can't see it as well. But another good indication of that is if you just see the bait, like all the bait in the lake is just hanging around a certain depth, then you can pretty much bank on that there's a thermocline set up there.
0: Yeah, and the one thing about the thermocline, if if I'm not misinformed, like if you're on that public lake that you were fishing, you use your down imaging, you see the thermocline. It's at ten foot, like you said. You know, it's at ten foot. It's not like you're going to go to a different part of the lake and it's going to be at five foot or fifteen foot. It's probably ten foot consistent the whole lake, right?
1: It is. The only time I would think that it would be any different is if there was a part of the lake that had. A creek with a good flow coming in, maybe after true. a real hard rain. True. Or maybe, maybe if there was a part of the lake that was separated from the rest of it by a real shallow um, saddle or something, I could see it maybe being shallower on one side of the saddle. Uh, the your thermocline being higher up in the water on one side of the saddle or something. If it if it was completely blocked off from the rest of the lake by like a real shallow bar or something.
0: No, but, that's that, but, that's true. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: But by rule, you're, like, all over the place. It's going to be pretty much the same.
0: Pretty much the same. Within,
1: yeah. I would say, with, within a foot or two of, you know, anywhere.
0: Right. All right. Tell us what you caught, man. I mean, you were doing this online tournament. First of all, guys, if these online tournaments are really cool. and Brandon, I know you do a lot of this, and we have a lot of other callers that do it, too. But, you know, you can sign up for these online tournaments. Well, just tell us about this particular tournament and how it's set up and how long it lasts and things like that.
1: So this is a month-long tournament. It's actually put on by Bucks Island Paddle. They have a paddle sports division now, Bucks Island Marina. And so they put this on. Uh, it lasts all month, and it's just your best five fish for the month. Any public water in the state of Alabama is uh, fair game. And, but there's a lot of different people that run online tournaments. Some of them will do them for a weekend. Some will be for a holiday. I know one of your uh, show sponsors, Fish and Chaos, they have some tournaments on there it might be fish USA is doing a free online tournament right now that anybody kayak or boat can fish in and you go by link and you can win like in-store prizes and like gift cards and stuff. If anybody wanted to just dip their toe in the water of the catch photo release online tournament thing, uh, they've got that going. I personally used, um, an app called tourney x most of the time and they, you can go on there and you can search tournaments on there you can find nationwide or local tournaments to do online and uh it's all catch photo release and you go by length of the fish
0: yeah so that's cool so like you said there there there's you can go to one of these apps like you're talking about and there's several of them out there that have the and these apps are set up to where you can take a picture on your official board that you have to have that shows the length so the weight of the fish does not matter all we're going on is length of the fish and and it's the five best fish for the time frame of that event like you said some may be weekends some may be weeks and some may be month-long events Uh, so this particular one with Bucks Island that you were using and they're great guys man we had them on last week had a great show with Bucks Island last week but this is an online tournament that they put on it lasts a month and so over that month if you catch a good fish put it on your measuring board with whatever app you're using take a picture of it and it'll log it and at the end of the month the total length of the five fish that whoever's got the the most length is is the winner of the tournament i like that. that's a good setup
1: it's a lot of fun and you know it it gives you something to do and a reason to get out there after work i mean how many times you just go fun fishing you catch a five pounder well that's a good excuse to get a little money off of it if you can go out over the course of a month and catch five of them then you get a little check and a gift card for the uh, bucks island
0: that's right man that's a good it's a good thing it's a good way to put it too so you added some length your total the other day right
1: i actually had zero fish going into this i usually i know i mean i've, I've done enough of these to know i know what size fish you need to even be in the money and so i caught some 17, 18-inch fish leading up to this tournament. And I didn't even, uh, or leading up to that day, I didn't even take a picture of them just because I knew that they weren't going to do any good. And so two Sundays ago, I go out and uh, I decided that I was going to go fish this Alabama County Lake. And I went out there and I found that stump and I proceeded to have the best day of fishing I've ever had in my life. (laughs) And uh, I caught my best five fish were... I'm estimating around 32 pounds. I weighed one of them just to clarify that I was guessing the weights right, and I was right on the nose. So I was looking around 32 pounds, 106 and three-quarter inches um, for five fish. I had three fish over seven pounds, and they all came off of that one stump.
0: That is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. That's a lot of, that's a that's a heck of a day of fishing right there.
1: You know, previously, my best day of fishing was 97 inches. And, you know, that's a 20 to 25-pound bag there. Probably not quite 25, probably a, bit, a little over 20-pound bag. And that was on Gunnersville, and it's been all the way back in, like, 2017 that I caught that. So to go that long, you know, I, I'd always wanted to get, the, uh, get my 30 bag. And, man, it was awesome to finally uh, accomplish that. And, you know, the fact that I was in an online tournament and got to score those fish – um, and blow away my previous uh, best day was just
0: awesome. Well, are you leading the thing now? I mean, you got to be at the top. Pretty close.
1: I looked this afternoon just to see if I was still leading it. I have been leading it for up until either yesterday or today. And there's a guy that's passed me by a quarter of an inch. So uh, I guess this weekend I'm gonna have to go out and uh, check on my stump and see. <laughs> I've been working out of town all week, so it's been just sitting there getting primed up for me to go.
0: Yeah, you need to go back to that stump, pounder, brother.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go see if I can't uh, take my lead back.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, Brandon, we appreciate it, man. Congratulations on a great day of fishing, and and I uh, hope you win that tournament, man. Go out there, get on that stump, uh, get you, add another half inch to that total, and uh, or another couple inches. It'd be great if you can do that well, you, and uh, be good.
1: Well, you know it. It gets a little tough to upgrade when your smallest fish and your stringers at 20 inches long. Yeah. It, it, gets it gets tough
0: a, to it upgrade. Gets a little
1: harder, yeah. It gets tough to upgrade when you got a bag like that. But those fish are out there, and everybody just needs to get out there and get on the water and stay hydrated and get after them.
0: Man, that's what I'm talking about. And hey, I I love that you were fishing one of those county lakes. And and we, we, we overlook those sometimes, you know, we've got, we're so blessed in the state to have so many incredible places to fish that a lot of times I think those get overlooked, but like you said, those, those lakes are managed. They got good fish in them. And, uh, so get out there and get after it. Hey, if somebody's going fishing this weekend, other than take a, a lot of water and an umbrella what would your tip of the day be
1: my tip of the day would be to drag a big worm they're the big worm right
0: now go slow and drag a big worm i like it all right brandon hey man as always we appreciate you being on here let's go fishing soon man yes sir we'll do it all right buddy take care talk to you later all right bye all right guys let's take a few minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors and brought to you by LM Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. LM Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. LM Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessories staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And by United Bank. United Bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy. At United Bank, they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working line of credit, and more. Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture plays to our community. And they help our local farmers build successful businesses. They want to see you succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by any United Bank branch. United Bank, all loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And brought to you by Photonist Defense. Photonis Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonis 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16 millimeter monocular, the PD Pro B 16 millimeter binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, masters of darkness. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Great first segment with Brandon. What a great dude he is and and a great fisherman as well. And I so wish him the best of luck on that online tournament he's doing right now. And hey, that online tournament, that's a really, really cool thing. If you've never been involved in it, if you're somebody that doesn't get to go out and fish these weekend tournaments, I mean, what better way to be part of something and be part of a tournament, one of these month-long, week-long deals I think it's a really cool option for people to just make their fishing trip more fun. But hey, let's get to our second segment. Really excited about this segment because I love having this guy on out of Eufaula, Steve Graziano. What's going on, Graz? How about it, Brian? Man, I'm doing well, good. How glad, you been, brother? Glad you got I, me on there. I'm glad we got you on too, man. Are you staying a little bit cool out there? It ain't hot down there in Eufaula, is it? we they talk about hot atlanta i think it's hot you follow Woo. dude y'all yeah, I tell you it's hot it from
2: what i understand
0: it's been hot everywhere in the state and you know obviously here in birmingham but good gracious man i think it's been hotter down there where you guys are
2: and that's for the for us but the fish i mean they go eat I mean, and so uh it it hadn't affected the fishing at all
0: man that's great to to be honest
2: with you i mean uh they're out there on them ledges and if you pull in the right area at the right time you can get well in a hurry
0: man that's that's awesome well let's talk about it man so that's what you you follow is obviously a great ledge lake but that's kind of the fish if i'm imagining that's where you're concentrating right now i'll be
2: honest with you once once they got it post-spawn and the shad moved out and we had a really good uh shad spawn this year. I mean, that that place is loaded with shad offshore. And uh, it's amazing. And these fish, these fish are fat. I mean, some of these fish, they look like footballs, like they're fixing a pop. <laughs> and uh, you know, not all of them, but I mean some of them, they're just like freaking natures. It's crazy. I mean, man, uh, you, you sent gotta, me
0: some pictures. I was just like, Oh my gosh, man, those you're <laughs> right. They look like they're about to pop. Uh, it, it's a fun time
2: to fish. I mean, if you can stand the heat, of course, you know, you got to be hydrated and all that stuff. But uh, I went yesterday and had a real good day. I had to get off the lake at one o'clock. I mean, it was terrible, but you know, I, I did my damage and I mean, hey, they're on a deep crankbait bite. Uh, a jig bite is on uh shaky head. I mean, uh, they're on plastics too sometimes, but It's like they want something moving. They want that reaction bite right now. A spoon, catching something
0: on a spoon too. When you're going out and you're looking for schools of fish, I mean, what kind of depth are you looking right now?
2: Well, I think we got a thermocline. It looks like it's around 22 to 24, somewhere about, And it may start around 20 based on what the electronics are telling me. So I think if you're in the 15 to 20 foot range, that's kind of the depth you're looking for. That's uh, where most of my bites are coming from at this point, but there it's is funny. a thermocline.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned thermocline because the last segment, that's all we talked about basically was thermocline. So it's really cool that you mentioned that too. That's obviously something that is a huge factor this year. Now, the guy that we had on, he's fishing more of an impoundment, more like a, a county lake that he was fishing and and we know that in in those kind of situations and those farm ponds and those smaller lakes or smaller impoundments the thermocline is 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 part of summertime fishing but like in a lake like Eufala, and that's one thing we were we were discussing is on some of these lakes like Eufala where you have current do you always have a thermocline there in the summer well
2: anytime the lake gets I mean, the the water temperature, Brian, is in high 80s. I mean, I'm surprised. And it may have tipped 90 today, but I mean, it's incredibly hot. And so what happens is it, it changes everything. The thermocline basically shows up a little later. It really shows up in July, but we've been so hot to where it's really there in June. I mean, it's been unseasonably warm this year, so... And you got to fish, you know, really what, you know, the hand that was dealt you, you got to, you got to fish it. So, but, you know, and and you're looking for these hard spots off the ledges and stuff, shell beds and stuff like that. You know, I'm sure you could probably catch some shallow, but most of the forage is out, you know, offshore. I mean, so uh, it'd be hard. Well, that's where the tournament's going to be won. That's where you're going to have the most fun. And I'm certainly having a good time right now. I tell you what, and I don't know, I, I just got one of these plugs and it's just, it's unbelievable. You know, a 10XD, it's been out for a while. That's a great plug. But this new New Hardcore Bullet 7, I mean, it is something to take a look at. So if anybody hadn't got one, they need to get one and give it a shot because it's just a good plug as far as your deep diving updates are concerned.
0: How deep does it run?
2: Uh, They say 27. I think it'll go 25 for sure. I mean, it is incredibly different than any deep diving crankbait I've ever thrown. I mean, to me, and you can still catch them on other crankbaits. I'm not, you know, but as far, you know, I haven't had this thing probably 30 days. and It's just, it's scary what I've done with it so far. So it'll be hard for me to put it down. I'll be honest with you, but... It's It's got a long bill, it's got a long uh, body, and it doesn't wear you out. There's something about it that they like. I'm not sure what it is. It's a good deep diving plug for folks that want to do the deep cranking. Now, they just came out with a five model, which is supposed to go to 20 foot you're like 16 to 20 or whatever so they have the same color schemes and stuff so but when you're
0: fishing deep water you know let's say 25 foot water with a crankbait are you trying to touch the bottom with that thing or are you trying to be just above the bottom what's your goal with that crankbait
2: well i'll be honest with it uh most of the time you want to hit the bottom now there are occasions when you don't have to you know you want to get it down there and that's the thing about this crankbait it gets down quick i mean it goes it starts diving quick right off the bat so once you get in that 15 to 20 area then you can what i call play with it you can pause it you can sweep your rod you can you can speed it up you can check the fish's temperature and see really how they want it because
0: each day is different yeah once you crank that thing down there and you make contact with that bottom you can either burn it along the bottom, or you can kind of slow roll it a little bit and hit it a little faster and just kind of see what he wants, huh? Yeah, they, uh, these fish love
2: to have something trying to get away from them. If it's just sitting there in front of them and they ain't moving and all that kind of stuff, but they, you start messing around and look like, make the bait look like it's trying to get away from them and burn it away from them and then, uh, and then pause it, and uh, they they got to have it then because then they think that it's distressed or something.
0: That's right. You know,
2: it's the same. It's basically you're trying to make it look. It's not like a jerk bait, but it has the same thing that works on their brain. You know, that jerk bait. When the jerk bait bites on, it's on, and they think it's distressed. And same thing with a spoon. You throw a spoon out there, and you're ripping it up, and it's falling. And you know, anytime that thing's falling, they think it's dying, and that's an easy meal. So they're gonna suck it in, and uh, you know, you can get a big bite on these. This time of year. Well, you know, let's uh, talk about about
0: let's talk about spoon for just a minute because that's something that you know I think the spoon fishing is is making a a resurgence and and spoons have changed. They've come a long ways from when I was you know from 20 years ago what spoons were and and maybe it was just me, maybe I just didn't know any better. But you know what I remember with the spoon fishing is is you know you're kind of just dropping it down on top of find a school of fish, drop it straight down. And like you said, jerk it up, let it fall, jerk it up, let it fall. But these spoons, man, the designs on the spoons, the sizes, there's there's some really good spoons out there right now. Is, Is that still the way you fish a spoon though? Or are you actually casting it out and pulling it up and letting it fall? How do you fish it? Well, I mean,
2: in the summertime, you don't do, you know, vertical over the boat. You know, like you would say in the wintertime where you look at him, you see him, and Mm you drop it right in front of him. So in the summertime, what you do is you cast it out. And so what you're trying to do in boat position is you you need to make sure your boat's set up right for whether you're doing a spoon or a plug or whatever when you're ledge fishing. So, you know, and that's hard for folks to understand because if you get your boat, say, a boat length away from where it needs to be, then your chances are diminished. So, but no, uh, to answer your question, it is the yo-yo, you know, lift and fall, let it fall on semi-slack line, and then, uh, you know, lift it up, and then you want it to fall on semi-slack, and then, uh, I mean, you can feel them hit it, and uh, sometimes they want a smaller spoon, you know, it's not always that big slab spoon, they want want a five-inch, a six-inch, maybe a six or seven, you know, it it depends, and then uh, they are hitting a jig, too, I mean, that jig, you know, and that's what you do. You get out there, and you. I like to throw a plug first, and then I'll back off and maybe throw a, uh, you know, a football head jig or a, uh, you know, regular three quarter ounce jig, and uh, and then sometimes I'll throw a a, a shaky head. You know, and a, a drop shot can be very good this time of year. That's something that gets overlooked in the summertime. Oh yeah, um, I, a lot of my a lot of my clients, I'll put a drop shot in the hand, and they'll catch four and five pounders. That's Um, awesome. You know, the thing about my clients is, you know, it's, it's hard to teach them how to work the bait. Whereas if I put a drop shot in their hand, you know, it's easier for them to understand how to work it than, than maybe doing a deep diving crate bait and killing it and whatever.
0: Well, you bring up something interesting and it's something that we, probably have not spent enough time if if any on our podcast talking about and that's boat positioning. You know, we talk about depth, we talk about lure selection and how to fish different things, but you bring up a great point and it's something that that we need to talk about more is is boat positioning and how critical that is when you're ledge fishing. So, you know, if if you don't mind, just for a minute kind of go go through that w- with us as far as how what the correct way to fish to position your boat for a ledge would be?
2: Well, and like I said earlier, you know, these bites are coming in 15 to 20. So, I mean, certainly you're going to be having your boat in maybe 28, 30 foot of water, maybe even deeper than that, depending on where you're at. Uh, when you're learning offshore, it's a you have to spend time. So you can't just go out there and look at your map and say, well, that's that's a good place right there. You really got to experiment. I know people ride around and look, you know, and, and, you know, it depends on how far you are into fishing as to, but if you're just starting out, you're trying to learn the best way to learn is to of course, use your map, but understand where the fish are certainly, but you got to back your boat up to get, present the bait in front of the fish. So that's why I say it's more critical, not that it's not critical in shallow water, but You know, you get offshore and like I said earlier, you you get a boat length away from where you need to be. And it's like, you know, you may be looking at a shell bed and a boat length off, uh, you're not really hitting it. Right. And and you hit it too early and, and the fish are hanging off in 12 foot and you're coming off of it too quick and they don't react to it. So there's a lot more science to it than, you know, just going out there and throwing the baits and stuff.
0: Do you, you know like that? to set up in the deeper water, sh- throwing shallow like yes, above the fish? Yes,
2: uh, yes, sir. I've done the shallow and throw out and bring it up, but I, I just never could get that one. I always am out, throwing up on it and coming down, coming off the ledge. And that's certainly the way you want to do a, a crankbait for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to dig, dig down and come on out. And come on out, so, right? Right. The uh, but you know, uh, some days they don't want that cray bait, so you got to throw something else out there. Throw that jig out of there. That's right. I mean, it's just right now. I'm telling you, you can get, you can catch some big fish down there.
0: Yeah, you're catching some I big stringers right now. That's for sure. And like you said, it may be, uh, it may be hot for us on the on the surface. <laughs> Makes it hard to stay out there a long time sometimes. But uh, hey, they, these fish still got to eat.
2: It's a fun time right now, you know. Summertime on Lake Fall, it really is, and uh, you know, it, it's tough the weather, but it's supposed to. It's supposed to cool off next week. It's going to be in the low nineties, supposedly. But there again, I wouldn't want to be a weatherman.
0: No. No, no, absolutely not. But I hope he's right. <laughs> I sure hope it cools off a little bit. That's for sure. Well, Steve, man, if somebody's going to be coming to to Lake Eufaul or down that area, this, you know, over the next few days, week or whatever, what would your tip of the day be? I would say get me some 10, 12 to 14 pound test fluorocarbon
2: and a slow uh, uh, reel or five to four, five to five, something like that, and a deep down of great bait and try that. And uh I'd also a jig has been really good lately, but it just depends the spoon you know we've already mentioned that, yep, I mean they'll eat it they'll eat a worm shaky head, a drop shot. I mean, you just have to take the temperature of the fish, you know every day's different, and you know you were talking about current and all that stuff, and you know there are some apps you can go online and find out when they're actually pulling current. But uh, I'll be honest with you, some of the, my better days are when they're not pulling current. But it certainly helps in the evening when they pull current. Yeah, uh, I'd, be, I'd be lying to you if I told you it doesn't help, because it does. But that's not always the case. A lot of times these fish are set up early in the morning from the evening pool, because they'll pull a lot of times water at night. And then if, if you get there you know, early in the morning, set up on a place, you can get well in a hurry.
0: You mentioned one other thing I wanna ask about. We've been talking about a lot about crankbaits today and, and you mentioned a slow reel, a five one ratio reel or a slower reel. What's the importance of a slow reel versus a uh, you know, a seven to one, six one, seven one ratio reel? Well, each each reel has its place
2: for whatever lure that you're throwing. But when you're deep cranking, you know, I gotta get below six and I gotta have a wide spool. So there's a few manufacturers out there that have them and um you want a wide spool because you can get the bait out there as far as you can throw it because you want to start it you know before you actually get to the strike zone mm-hmm. basically or where the fish are so and the reason why you want a slower reel is to get the bait down quick because you're not trying to burn it through the strike zone you're trying to finesse it through there and the slower reels over over the years will get that bait down deeper than it would with a six or a seven, and it's just the perfect matchup for a deep diving crankbait. That's good advice. Well, I'm talking 20, 25-foot baits now. I'm not talking about you know your 15-footers. That's a little different ball game. But you're trying to get that bait down as deep as you can get it. And then slow uh, it down. Like I say, right. Because, I mean, you you got your uh, Thermocline, like we talked about earlier, And once you get below the thermocline, you got fish that'll be there. So this bait that I was talking about earlier, this Hardcore 7, it is is incredible how deep that bait will get. It's incredible. See, I I, would have screwed that up. I'll throw a 10XD. I'll throw a 10XD too, you know. But this uh, bait is, uh, I think it's one of the best ones that's come out in a long, long time. Because I'll be the first when everybody knows me, I'll, I'll buy one and I'll try it when something comes out this bait this bait right here i'm really liking it
0: that's awesome yeah i would have screwed that up uh steve if somebody would have asked me hey you know i'm going to get a reel for for fishing deep crankbaits i would have probably told them wrong so this is this is this is awesome and and it makes sense what you're saying but i would have been like yeah get a fast reel that you can burn something down really quick to it no not not a not a not a deep crankbait That's, that's
2: that's wrong
0: yeah, you, um, you taught
2: me something. Now, you might could get away with a, a low six, but you'd have to work it a little different. When you're talking about a deep diving crankbait, let's not forget the rod. I mean, we talked about the reel and the lines, usually 12 or 14 pound fluorocarbon, because you don't want to do monofilament. It'll never get down to where it needs to be. Right. But the rod is incredible but, because you can go from one rod to another. And I'm really liking to lose. Uh, Signature Series, the Mark Rose 710 Deep Cranking Rod. Uh, I really like it. It is a good rod, and it's not real pricey. So. What kind
0: of – is it? Is it medium-heavy? Medium-heavy.
2: Medium-heavy, yeah. What you want, you want something that's got a backbone. You don't want it just limber. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people say, oh, I want a, a graphite rod that's got a lot of bow in it. But when you're deep cranking, you got to have something with a little backbones to get it down. Because if the rod's been in it, the the bait ain't getting down. But you want a little tip. So you want a medium-heavy that's got a little backbone. So when you fire it out there, you can get it out there as far as you can go. And you want it on a wide spool. You know, it needs to be a wide spool, so it'll it'll get on out there.
0: Yeah, you don't want to throw all your line off of it trying to get it out there.
2: Well, I mean, you know, and you want to yeah. you want to check your line. 12 to 14 is what I like. 12 will get down there better. I've seen some folks throw 10, but I get a little scared yeah. throwing these big old two-ounce plugs. You know, you got to watch out. You better check your line, too. You catch a bunch of fish, and you need to run your hand up that line make sure you don't have no nick. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, I'm... I'm catching them now where they're bending the hook. So you know what size fish that I'm catching. I mean, they actually bend the hook. You got to look at the hook, not just the line, and make sure that they bend out.
0: (laughs) Man, yeah, that's awesome.
2: Now, the other day, now this is, uh, and I want to just say this because I've never had it happen before, but this plug that I was telling you about, this dual hardcore Missouri 7, Uh I've never had it happen before. I actually had three fish on in one cast. I'm just saying dang i had three i uh, no i did now i didn't get all three of them in but i saw all three fish on there because it is a little bit longer fuselage the body of it and so i actually had three fish on one cast i couldn't believe it good gracious and then i got the i got the three and a half in but the other two i think were on the other hook but I've never had that happen
0: before. So Dude, send me some pictures I can post when we get off. And uh, I want to see see some of these big old fat fish you're catching right now and 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 share them with everybody. But hey, great great segment, man. Very informative. Appreciate you being on. If somebody wants to come book a trip to fall obviously now is man, you're catching a lot of fish and big fish right now, so it's a great time. But what's the best way for them to get in touch with you to book a trip? Well, it's uh, Graz's Guide Service,
2: you know, dot com. I've got a
0: website
2: and I'm on Facebook. That's the best way, G R A Z S, Graz's Guide And I'm on Facebook too. Either way, you can give me a call, but uh, I promise you we'll have a large time.
0: That's good stuff, ma'am. Hey, Graz, I appreciate it, buddy, as always. And I'll uh, stay Brian, safe. Brian, good to there, hear man. from you, buddy. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye right, bye. All right, guys. Great segment. Let's take just a few more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. Outdooralabama.com. That's where I learn the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at outdooralabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazine can be found at your local Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com, boaterslist.com. Boater's List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you own or run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. Boater's List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts, or even paddle boats and all things in between at boaterslist.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. What's up guys. Welcome back to the show great segment and uh man sounds like things are on at ufollow man oh is catching the fish down there no doubt about it and uh and looks like he's catching some good ones we'll be posting some of the pictures on our on our social media so y'all check out graz and uh man need to need to book a trip to ufollow he's a good guy to call so be sure and reach out to him hey let's get to our third and final segment of the day man love having this guy on one of my favorite guests for sure and and i following this guy's journey through through college and now fishing uh, fishing for a living. Mr. Logan Parks, what's going on, Logan? Not much, man. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Hey, I, I, I'm going to apologize to you from the start on the air. I was going to come watch the way in at Logan Martin this week with you and Tucker, but uh, Auburn baseball won out, man. I mean, we don't, we don't get to Omaha very often, so I, I had to watch my Tigers play a little baseball.
3: Hey, I don't blame you at all. I was watching them on the way home, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. How how'd y'all come
3: out? We uh we ended up tenth this weekend, this past weekend at Logan Martin. So it was a pretty good show and we had uh we, me and Tucker came in tenth and we had another Auburn boat finish twelfth. So it was definitely a good tournament for us and had that boat to finish twelfth, punched their ticket to the national championship too, so that was real good.
0: That's awesome. So what tournament was this? And, uh, just for so people that might not know.
3: It was uh, the Bassmaster College Series wild card. So they have four regular season events all year long, and then they have this wild card kind of last chance opportunity for college guys to qualify for the natty.
0: And where's the where's that going to be at this year?
3: They just announced it. Um, it's actually going to be on Winyaw Bay in South Carolina. So it's going to be an interesting one. I've never fished over that way, and it's a title fishery, so you know everything's changing by the minute but it should be a fun one
0: i've never even heard of that that place that's uh yeah yeah. it's a brackish kind of deal yeah that's gonna be a different kind of fishing for sure
3: yeah you might catch a bass you might catch a redfish you might catch a flounder you
0: never know (laughs) oh my goodness man hey you guys have figured out there y'all always do and uh hey but uh so y'all y'all going to that y'all qualified for the national championship again
3: yes sir we did and uh my fifth and final one, so hoping to make it a good one. Got to finish, hey, you know, go out with a bang.
0: So this will be the fifth year you've qualified for that. Yes, sir, dude. That's awesome, man. Oh, that's a great. I Thank mean, that's wrapping. That's putting. That's putting a bow and a ribbon on uh, On a great collegiate career. So congratulations to you, man. You've you you've earned it. That's for sure. You and Tucker both. Thank you. So, what's going on in your world, man? I mean, this is your last college, but now you've also been fishing some other events this year, right? Yes, sir. So,
3: I've, I've been fishing college. I actually graduated in December. So, like how, you know, people that may not know, you can fish all season long. The season runs, you know, starts in the fall and it runs through the summer. So, even though I graduated in December, I've still been able to fish and enjoy my last season this spring and now this summer in college. So, That's been really good, but I'm also fishing all the Bassmaster Opens, uh, which is kind of like the step below, you know, the major leagues. I want to make it to the Bassmaster Elite Series, so that's what we've been trying to do, fishing those Opens and trying to qualify.
0: How's that been, your first year doing that? It's, it's, you know, different different role, but still catching bass, right? So how's that been? been How's your first year?
3: It's been good. The learning curve was, I feel like, a little bit, you know, like it's always something you got to deal with. It's a little bit different fishing when it's 100% just you by yourself, and you can't really rely on a partner to help you catch fish, but it's been good. I'm I'm actually sitting in 10th place in the Angler of the Year standings right now, and they take the top three to the Bassmaster Elite Series, and it's kind of a halfway point for us. We've had four, and we got five more. I'm actually about to leave this weekend to head to the next one. It's in New York, so hopefully it'll be a little bit better, cooler weather up there for us.
0: Heck, yeah, no doubt. So you've got... There's How many people are fishing in this, 100 that make this? 225. So, out of 225, you're number 10 right now. That's outstanding. Yes, sir. Thank you. I mean, first year, that's outstanding. I think that's good any year. And they'll take the top three from that that'll make the Elite Series. Yes, sir. Dude, knock it out, man. Bring this thing home. You're right there. Yeah, we're in the hunt for
3: sure. Hopefully, we can get a strong couple finishes. You know, I think I just haven't had, you know, a really good, top 10 yet you know those are hard to come by in these opens these guys are good but i've been consistent and i haven't had a bomb yet so if i could just get you know one or two of those really good top 10 top five finishes i think i definitely have a really good chance to make it
0: well that's awesome man we're gonna be rooting for you go to new york and get after it this weekend or next week next weekend hey man I, you know I, I talk about you guys a lot. I talk about you. I talk about Tucker a, a, a good bit, and and I and I and I so appreciate you guys being being part of the show and, and willing to call it in and and share uh, what you do. But y'all are so so good with with your electronics and 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 going to bodies of water that you've never been to before and being able to put the puzzle together successfully and win tournaments and finish at the top. And it, it amazes me how good you guys really are at your electronics. And and I told Tucker last week, I I, I I really wanted, I didn't want to interfere with y'all before this tournament, but I really bad wanted to come get in the boat with y'all at Logan Martin and, and let y'all teach me uh, a little bit about the electronics. Cause I'm a, I'm a novice at it, man. I got a, I got a long ways to go. You guys are, are definitely way ahead of me. But you know, this time of the year is ledge fishing season for sure, and 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 deeper water and electronics is is such a big part of it. But kind of like this past weekend at Logan Martin, I mean how how are you locating fish? And I know that's a lake that you fished a lot. I mean, how do you go about finding the fish and locating these schools?
3: Yeah, it just goes down to a lot of time behind the wheel, you know, graphing, and I know it really sucks to do when it's so hot and you just sit there and do it you know but like if you practice for upcoming tournament those fish are deep right now and you know sometimes you can find places that are a little bit off the beaten path that other people don't find and that's a lot of times how you win this time of year you know just finding something sneakier that less people have seen so it really just comes down to putting in your time and and doing your homework and you know getting yourself in the right area of the lake that you think is going to be the best and then just idling around until you find something you know graphing looking at side scan and trying to just cover as much water as possible that's what we've been trying to do um we did that at pickwick three weeks ago for the collegiate national championship we came in second there we did that at saginaw bay in michigan two weeks ago we came in second at that one and then you know we we went to logan martin and did a bunch of graphing there, and I actually was trying to put my boat back together from that big water up in Michigan, getting ready for this open. So Tucker was the one that we really I, we really relied on to do the practicing at Logan Martin. He did a bunch of island by himself, and I really appreciated him doing that because it really paid off for us finding just as much as we possibly could find to run in the tournament.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it's, and it's interesting here, you talking about the finding that place that may be a little off the beaten path that, that, you know, it's, it's easy. You know, we, we all think about these community holes and these ledges that fish have stacked on for years and years. And they're obvious, you know, when you look across the lake or look at the map, they are obvious points that you would go to, but you know, last week, last of week's podcast, we had Brandon Lester on who won the elite event, you know, up at Pickwick and, and, and that's exactly what he did to win. He, he was like, you know, I, I just, I went looking for that place that was off the beaten path, that, that one that was not obvious and, and that people ride over and don't even stop to look at. And fortunately he was able to find that. But sounds like that's what you guys are good at doing as well. And And it's hard to do probably. I would think it would be hard to do. You know, you guys are so familiar with Logan Martin. I mean, Tucker my goodness that's his his home lake I know you fished it you probably can't even count how many times you fished on Logan Martin and so you know that lake well and when you know a lake well it's really easy to go to those places that are produced from you in the past and I'm sure that you still go look at those places and catch fish but it's probably harder on I would think it would be harder on a lake that that you're familiar with to go out and look for and just idle around looking for new spots because you you've got so many spots that you've Caught fish in the past
3: yeah that can be a definitely a, a difficulty you know I, I've fished uh I actually have only fished Logan Martin like three or four times but we recently had that tournament on Pickwick and I've fished this time of year on Pickwick a lot you know I've, I've spent probably a week out of the past seven years during June or May out there you know idling around so I've got a lot of stuff out there and I still didn't even get to look at everything that I wanted to look at and four days of practice that we were allowed and you know i put 40 something hours on my motor in practice for that one goodness so it it definitely definitely can be difficult you know trying to figure out if you want to go and look for new stuff or look at stuff that you've already caught them off of because you know obviously that stuff's good so it's just really kind of a mixture of changing it up until you start to find what you're looking for whether it's brush piles or schools of fish or you know like rock piles or whatever you're looking for and you start locating some fish then i i sit down and say you know like okay well what part of the lake are they on does it have something to do with the part of the lake we're on or does it have something to do with the depth i'm in or am i in a creek or a main river or, you know and then you can start start to piece it together and start looking in similar places and positions across the lake and see if it's patternable or not
0: yeah and so much of that i mean it's it just comes from i mean you guys spend a lot like you said 40 hours just looking i mean y'all spend a lot of time behind that behind your electronics and, and sitting in the boat not even casting but just looking for fish and and so many of us you know we we you know it, we we go out there and I, and i'm guilty of it i just want to go out there and start fishing <laughs> and so i go yeah, and yeah. and i just start fishing which uh and hey look i enjoy it and i catch some fish but it's it's it would be very beneficial and it, and it, to to go out and spend time. Just don't even take your rod and reel uh, and and your fishing equipment. Just just spend spend a spend a day just looking for new schools and new spots and 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 see what you can find. So let's talk. You know when we talk about Logan Martin, were y'all able to find some large schools there? Were they on points? Were they? You know what kind of depth were did they seem to be in? Kind of break down Logan this past weekend for me.
3: Yeah, we really rotated. You know, like a few different areas. We weren't really, I would say, dialed in on one certain thing. It was kind of more just kind of junk fishing until you started to get bit. And then that day, they kind of told you what they wanted. But we'd start out, you know, fishing offshore, fishing schools of fish. And then as the sun would get up in the day, we would start fishing, you know, like a little bit shallower brush piles and rock piles and just really anything that there was structure that, you know, those fish could get down in that looked good. And, uh, I think what really hurt the fishing, I mean, it was pretty dang tough on us. I think that was just because there was a, a big lack of current. You know, that current makes them bite a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. And so our schools, you know, they weren't really cooperating like we were hoping they would. And uh, luckily we got that big bite on day one when I caught a 6-2 that really went a long way for us. But besides that, man, it was a grind. You know, it was catching one here, one there. You might catch one on a shaky head out of a pile and then you might catch one on a like a spoon you know off of a dock or uh, off of a school it was just kind of just random piecing it together as the day went on
0: were the schools that y'all were finding offshore were were you finding these schools like on ledges i know on logan sometimes they'll just there'll be large schools just following bait not even really set up on structure At
3: yeah there there were some on bait there were some just you know like on uh just ledges, and then there was some on humps. Just kind of like whatever, anything that looked good, the end of a point, they just get all over the place out there. It's not as, uh, uh I guess, like patternable as it is on the Tennessee River. I feel like that place makes a little bit more sense. They get in kind of obvious places. And then Logan, I guess because there's less current, they just kind of roam around and set up just on different places every day.
0: Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard it's, it's, it's there a lot more random. At Logan Martin, than they are on some of these other lakes. Which you know, I mean, right down the road, Lay Lake is is there again, totally different than Logan. Uh, Logan Martin, it's it's just a totally different kind of kind of fishery and and, and different water and lots of grass. And have you been fished Lay Lay lately?
3: I have not. I haven't been really anywhere near the house
0: in a while. <laughs> yeah, you've been off, man. Yeah, yeah, you've been going. Hey, let me ask you this, and you know. You know, I went, um, I was in, I went to Lathe last week, uh, in my kayak fishing and, and went way back up in a, in a Creek in the back, you know, at, uh, at beeswax and just went, went under the bridge and went way back there in my kayak and, 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 got on a few fish and, uh, and caught some decent fish, but not a lot, not a lot of activity. Is there a time of year when that Creek, and it may not be the time yet, but, in the summertime, is some, will, the, will that creek get cooler than the main water? And like right now and earlier, you know, the fish have moved probably out of the creek. The majority have moved out of the creek into the main lake. When will that flip-flop and when will fish start moving back into the creeks?
3: Um, you know, it, it just uh, kind of depends. I know like sometimes when you get way up in the back of those creeks and, you know, especially in a kayak, like I like to go out in my native, get places that you can't get a fiberglass boat. And it'll be actually cooler water temps back there. You know, if you can get back there and find some running water and find a little deep area, there'll be a lot of fish swimming around back there. And I think a lot of fish that live way in the backs of those creeks are just resident fish. I don't think they really move at all. They, some are there, they winter there, and they pretty much just spawn don't there. Even, you know, they stay there yeah, all Yeah, they don't year even long. know there's
0: a lake a couple miles up the creek.
3: So it just is a matter of going through them and until you run across some fish. And it takes a while, you know, to get way up in the back of there and come out and go to another one but you can really find some really good areas doing that that's a good pattern this time of year especially you know if you don't have a bass boat and you just have a kayak and you want to go and have some fun
0: it's fun fishing in it i love i love my kayak fishing it's a lot of fun
3: yeah i love it too it's nice and relaxing it's a lot cheaper <laughs> yeah. you know just go especially, especially with it.
0: gas prices yeah, no kidding. Yeah, definitely, man. It's a, it's a, it's definitely an up and coming uh, sport, and and more and more people are getting into it. Just like you said, it's more, it's definitely more affordable, and and uh, it's just peaceful, man. I mean, it's just out there, you by yourself. It's peaceful. We got to go sometime, man. Let me know when you're gonna be in the area. We'll throw a kayaks and, and and roll out.
3: Yeah, we need to. We need to go get on some shoal bath. Where's that? Some shoal bath? Yeah. Yeah, the Chattahoochee River. Um oh. I haven't really ever caught that many of them but I know of. my buddy's catching big ones out there and that's a good place to go in a
0: kayak hey l- let me know man let's uh, you, you just let me know when you go you ain't never in town that's the problem you ain't never around here you're all fishing all the time but when you get around let's do it man I'm, I would love to do that
3: yeah for sure I'll let you know I should should have some time off in August finally <laughs>
0: heck yeah well relax let's make it happen that's not too far away we can do that sounds like a plan all right buddy well hey look man if somebody was going to the coosa you know in the next next few days or this weekend what would your tip of the day be
3: go out there with i guess an idea of what the current's going to be doing i would look you know deep pretty much all day just try and find stuff that's that's kind of creating like a little bit of an eddy or a current break that's offshore you know it's a little bit hard for people to grasp sometimes because you can't visually see it with your eyes but you know, if there's a hump out there in the middle of the channel, those fish are sitting behind that thing when that current's rolling and it's blowing bait over the top of their head. And, you know, that's kind of the type of places they'll set up on is underwater current break. So that's what I would do, especially on the Kusa. And uh, if they're not pulling current, then I would just say your prayers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> it, luck. <laughs> it, it can be really tough right now. Obviously, you can catch fish out of the grass in the morning but once that sun gets up it it gets really really tough and they're not everywhere in that grass either you know we tried to do it at logan martin in the morning um on day two and we just never got a bite i know some people caught them out of the grass but we just never really hit the right area so that's another thing of just covering water but when you only got 30 minutes to an hour to do it in the morning before it gets too hot it's tough to land on them
0: yeah no doubt man it is and that current like you said, it's, some lakes are, are are you know are more prone to, to that than others. Uh, you know, I know like the color we had before you and at, at Eufala, they're not pulling any current down there right now, and he's he's killing the fish, and he 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 likes it as much when the current's not running as when it is. But they stack up great down there when you follow. They don't, it's, it's a little more difficult on, on Logan Martin for some reason. Those fish just are, like you said earlier, they're sporadic. Never know where they're going to be from one minute to the next. And it makes it tough. But hey, man, good luck to you. Go up there to New York, kick some butt, and man, finish this thing, finish your year out strong. Hope you get in that top three. Let's throw the kayaks in the truck and go.
3: All right, man. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you having me on. It's been a good time.
0: All right, buddy. It always is, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. All right. See ya. All right, guys. Let's take a few more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. KillerDoc.com. Today, we're going to profile another common form of doc dysfunction, Dirty Doc. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your Dirty Doc as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer Dock fish cleaning stations are marine-grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs or through the slides. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at KillerDock.com and brought to you by mb ranch king hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the usa with durability and convenience in mind mb ranch king's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high gray steel and come in variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs we also offer high quality easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground call kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205 eight zero seven two nine three seven mb ranch king built in the pursuit of perfection and brought to you by
1: hilton's real-time navigator the days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas are pretty much over don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish you need the most recent highest resolution images to not only know where to go but more importantly where not to go the knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip make the choice that professional captains all over the gulf make and choose hilton's real-time navigator the easy to use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go check it out at hilton's offshore.com
0: All right, guys, welcome back to the show. What a great show, man. Always love bringing y'all the report each and every week and man to have guests like Brandon and Graz and, and, and Logan on so much knowledge that we have around the state and so many great fisheries and and these guys do such an excellent job of educating the rest of us on what the fish are doing that's going to be a wrap for this week's show so if you're enjoying the podcast please take a minute to subscribe rate and leave us a review wherever you listen and if you want us to email you the show we'd love to do that all you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665 one seven six seven and we will email you the show each and every week stay safe out there guys and and try to stay a little bit cool it's hot out there talk to y'all next week this week's alabama freshwater fishing report was brought to you by boaterslist.com do you own your own company that needs to reach boaters anglers and marine enthusiasts sign up for free today to grow your business on boaterslist.com and brought to you by bucks island Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs as well as motor sales and services and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588 and by The Hunting Exchange. Hunting Exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. And brought to you by AFCO. Family owned and operated, AFCO fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements. Visit afco.com for on the water performance gear. And brought to you by North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight pictures lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnerville and Bear Creek lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish and in North Alabama, fishing is great year round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide.